Hello there, and welcome to a Dungeons and Dragons role-playing podcast. My name is Stacy, and I'm the GM. Come with me and my good friend Mick. Join us in our weekly discussion about our campaign. Listen to our successes and failures while trying to flex our role-playing muscle. The funny bits, the dumb bits, and the all-around good time that comes with this great activity. The cast is From the Courts of Cush, a tiefling paladin named Akmenis. From the Spice Coast comes a human fighter named Odvik. An elderly knoll from Dabu, a Yamaja cleric of life, Oraki. From Parts Unknown, the Asmar warlock of the Starlight Court, Elbrum. Then there is Captain Deuteronomy's savior, the elf-marked wizard named Kalidus. And last, but not least, from across the Middle Sea is the human paladin named Kalin. The campaign setting is the Southlands from Cobalt Press. We are using the D&D 5e rule set, and we game using the Fantasy Grounds virtual tabletop. So that's the cast. That's the campaign. Now, good people, welcome to the show. In this episode, we find the dogs of Bastet, quietly, flanking the Grey Company. Elbrum chants and floods the narrow passage with the inky black that is the hunger of Hadar. Oraki uncovers a document with a centerfold of a tiefling. Akmenis bowls out into the wider passage, flowing into combat stance. The invisible Kalidus digs an arrow out of his shoulder. Is there a second entrance? In the darkness ahead, the familiar sound of shambling crocodiles. Elbrum is stunned. The silvery bolt of his eldritch blast races through the air, sparking tiny silvery stars. And some of those sparks are now green. There, a sleeping chamber with bunks and a sleeping hostile. Akmenis gets a full warhammer swing and smashes the slumbering female. Oraki hugs the missing Onka. Akmenis stammers. Uh, wait. What? what? She, she's a friend? Kalidus watches in amazement as the hostile Nazim calmly walks through his witchbolt and closes the door. The mighty Abdul Haq lays low Akmenis with one mighty blow. Do you want to know more? Then sit back, stay tuned, and enjoy. Hello interwebs, I'm back again with Mick, and we're talking about what happened in our last session, which started out with you guys back in the sewer. This time, you guys had just, you were invisible, and you had just crossed the hallway because uh, you and McManus came to check out some sounds that had been heard. And when you arrived, there was two unsavory dogs of Bastet, and as soon as Akmenis poked his head out, they fired a couple of crossbows at him, miss- missing him completely. Yeah, we were being surrounded. Yep, totally. You're getting flanked. It was just wrong. But of course, they were. And th- this, this, this comes to the, the one point because you were invisible, and so your turn was first up when we started the session. Oh, and what you wanted to do was come and cut the string of the crossbow, and it made the question of. Is cutting the string of the crossbow considered an action that 
because in your invisibility spell it says an attack or but, casting but, a spell will but make wait you... before we even go there the first question was does a dagger have a sharp edge oh, <laughs> yes that's true because <laughs> which, first, which first... again which again before we even go there we get to where i got to this morning which was if you don't know let's just make something up <laughs> i knew Daggers are for piercing. They're pokey things. I can. I, I, this is the point at which I turn around and say, so I've been watching Versailles, which is a yeah. You said it has the one years, which edge. is great, and lots of other stuff from that ilk, where people get stabbed and have their throats cut. And yeah, everyone uses the same old dagger. We cut their throat with a dagger, See, and we stab them. Yeah, and to and me, that's I a misuse of the word dagger. Then it's just a. It's a big freaking knife. Like the knife that Mick Dundee carries is a knife. It's not a freaking yeah. dagger. Like, or maybe you could say it's a small, small machete, whatever, but it's not, or a small scimitar, for that matter. Yeah. It's not a damn dagger. So it, it, it does become, the, does a dagger have a cutting edge? And to me, daggers were, if I looked at the historical pictures that I've seen, or even in D&D, they are piercing. And it's like a rapier. A rapier, you can't cut with a rapier. You can pierce with a rapier. So. Yep. Anyway. And but since yes, you're in charge, you get to make up the rules <laughs> as you go along. That's so right. it's I was in this charge point that like, we... Because you said, I'm going to cut his string. So the first question was, oh, is it an attack action that Do makes you, you invisible? And I mean, you argued you point. And he was like, no, because my first reaction was, it's an action. And because actions, it's combat, it's going to be an attack. But then you're like, I, I would like to argue the point. And I was just like, in fact, yes, you, you, you're right. Because you have free actions using objects and stuff. To me, this is using an object. Then I asked, wait a minute. You said a knife or your dagger? And you're like, yeah. no, no, my knife, my knife. Because <laughs> yeah. you knew who I was going to catch you up I'd already figured this one. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I always plan for the first 10 minutes of the game over the previous week. Yep. Which means that for the last three hours of the game, I'm just completely lost. But I made you roll for it anyways. You still had to roll. But it yeah. was it's like to cut his thing, you're invisible sneaking up. He can hear you because, no, no, so you did sneak up. I was able to sneak up this time. Yeah, you snuck up and then you had to wait a turn because of your sneaking. And then the next turn you cut, and I did make you roll for it. And because you snuck up, uh, in my mind, you needed just to beat like a DC three in order to cut that thing with yeah. a knife, because your knife would be sharp. Like to yeah. me, a knife is something for skinning; it's got to be sharp. Or sharpening pencils. Yeah, of course, especially because yes, you need to sharpen your pencils for your. But then magic we go to stuff. invisibility, which is where I was at yesterday, which is the, uh, and since the. The, the session that we played was fairly much just a, a bit of a battle. Not a lot happened. Well, there was um, one thing that happened that was, I thought was really I was wondering whether we should discuss the rule system, which is what do you do when the rules aren't clear? And invisibility is a perfect example of that. Yeah. Well, before we go, though, let's finish this talk because there's one point yep. I wanted to talk about in terms of the story that I thought I really enjoyed myself, which was, so you guys take off after the two unsavory guys and you're like okay they're gonna flank us let's go find the other entrance so you all left because elbrum's spell the hunger of hadar basically blocked off that one entrance so you still had like eight rounds or seven rounds left in order to get around before that spell expired so you guys ran around to the other side you came across you weren't stealthing so everybody was coming down the hallway so that of course warned the crocodiles that were just in that part of the sewer they came towards you, you threw a fireball at it, and that was the end of that story. Which yep. was a beautiful, your invisibility expired, but 
you you blew away those three crocodiles. And then you guys continued up, and there was two entrances there, and you went up, and Ekmenes just, I don't know, he just flew through it. And this kind of gets to the point where I was going to go. Is he Eventually, he's flying up, not waiting for you guys. He finds a room, and to me, he's doing this in character because he is a conquest paladin. Yep. They would be in first like sin, and they wouldn't be leaving unless they're dead, and that's exactly what he did. That's what he did. <laughs> It's interesting that he hesitated before he did it, though. Well, he went into the one room. He found someone sleeping. And I did give him a little bit. I took him into some private channels because he was far enough away that he was hearing stuff. He only has a passive perception of eight. But you come up to a door, you're going to hear someone snoring who's snoring. Yeah. So I let him know that in the private channel. And then he, he walked in there, found a woman sleeping. But he didn't really say, I'm, I'm, I want to see if I see anything. And his passive perception is crap. So yeah. he didn't notice that she was gagged and restrained. So he smashes her with a warhammer. I love that. Wakes her up, and he did. He did pause before he smashed her with a warhammer. You could see his brain going in character, out of character, in character, out of yeah. character. Oh, in character, definitely <laughs> smash. Yeah, he did. He did the pregnant pause there. Of, yeah. of did, does he do it? And then he's just like, no, I'm, I'm, I am totally. So he smashed her, and after he smashed her, her wounds kind of knitted back Eel. up together. And so he's like, huh? And she's. Then he realizes that her ankles and her wrists are manacled, and she's got a gag in her mouth, and her eyes pop open, and but her eyes are kind of filmy, and he's just like, starts struggling, and she falls off the bed, and he's just like, eh, leaves her. <laughs> he just walks away. And he goes down the other hallway, and by that time, you guys arrived. Oraki was the first one. Got to another point, I was just like, you see that Akmenis is struggling with a guy he's, who a guy who dropped down on top of Akmenis, tried to backstab him as he passed through this doorway, failed, and they're both rolling on the ground now as he's grappled. And I say, you see that? And then in the other room, you notice your old friend Onka. And I love that because <laughs> Akmenis was like, wait, what? <laughs> but that was uh, someone yeah, you guys know? Friend. Yeah, that was someone. You just smashed one of our friends over the head. Yeah, I, I thought yeah. it was great because then it was just like, Oraki was just like, she, she stopped. She, the, the, another huge pregnant pause. She was just like, Ekmenis is there. And that's there, my friend. There seemed to be confusion at this point in time. Yeah. When it was, I'm, I'm thinking like, surely Elbrum will just run forward and, and deal with oh, it. Oh, well, I, I messed with Elbrum too because just, just the same thing. You are feeling an itch. Calidus is feeling this itch and it's... Um, it's bu bugging him, but it's like an itch that you can't scratch. It's just there. You can feel it. And with Elbrum, when he shoots his Eldritch Blasts at those crocodiles that appeared, usually they're silvery as in yeah. starlight, silver, moonlight type thing. Now there's hints of green coming off of it. And he's just like, what the hell? <laughs> and I, and of course, I changed the sound effect to add a, a naturish type. Now got a leaf attached to it. Yep, yeah. pretty much. So he's just like, "What's going on here?" And he doesn't know because I haven't told him. And but I, he didn't go and unlock Onka. That was the thing. No, that, he didn't. That was the thing that tossed me. It was like, yeah. "Oh, hang on." Yeah. So yeah. you guys all arrived there, and so Akmenis basically dealed with the guy who tried to backstab him. Yeah. Knocked him out, and I, I probably should have because this, this is another part of the rules. Four foot corridor, swinging a warhammer. Yeah, that's disadvantage no matter what mm. you're doing in a corridor like that. But anyways, he goes through the next door, and there's more people lying in wait. And he gets smacked by the guy who's right beside the door. Now, of course, I messed up and revealed the wrong guy. So all of a sudden, you've seen Abdul Haq, 
who you weren't supposed to because he was supposed to be hiding behind the counter. That's okay. We just pretended we didn't see you, him. That's good. You guys did good. But anyways, so the guy behind the door smacks at Akmenes. Akmenes walks into the room to te- deal with him. And, of course, he doesn't know that, in fact, there's, yes, there's Abdul Haq that you guys inadvertently didn't know about. But there was another guy yeah. as well. And so he starts shooting some darts at Ekmenas. Abdul Haq comes in to close with him. Then you and Eldrum came in. Eldrum tried shooting a couple of blasts, missed. You did your witch bolt, worked perfectly. And Abdul Haq smacks Ekmenas, laying him low. So he's unconscious. Yeah. And your, your witch blast is still connected with Abdul Haq. Nazim walks through your witch, witch bolt, basically. We'll, we'll have a discussion about this rule as well. Yep. Yep. So the idea was he was doing this, and then he closed the door. Yeah. And you guys are still in the hallway, at which point you and Elbrum decided that, okay, let's go back and have this conversation with Onka because Oraki's still back there. So, yeah. I mean, that, that's more or less very quickly, in a nutshell, what happened. You guys eventually managed to meet Abdul. No conversations at this point. Ekmenis is dead or yeah. close to death. You guys are in the bunk room with Oraki and Onka, and you locked up the doors and you put furniture in front of the door and whatnot. Yeah. There's another guy named Sean or Sane who is potentially flanking you guys as well. So rock in a hard place. I enjoyed it. It was really cool to see what you guys are going to do. But rulings, yes. That was it, yeah. So what about the rulings? So, yeah, well, let's, uh, the first one was invisibility. Yep. So when you read invisibility, it says that you and everything that you're carrying becomes invisible. Yep. And you lose invisibility when you deal damage or cast a spell. If you attack or cast a spell. Is it attack or is it deal damage? Attack. Okay. And so I was thinking, and we, you, you sent a text the other day saying, oh, hang on a minute. What happens after you cast the invisibility spell? Yeah. And so I'm trying to think of, and so I went through a series of lunatic scenarios. I'm invisible. I am shot yeah, because the pre- previous session, the arrow hit you and then it went invisible. Yeah. And so, okay, if I'm shot by an arrow and it doesn't go invisible, then I'm walking around with an arrow in my arm, that's fine. Yes. And, and that seems to me to be fairly reasonable. I don't have a difficulty with that. But I'm bleeding. So as the blood drips from my arm onto the floor, does it become visible? Yes. So what? here's the thing. And oh, at what well, point actually, does actually, it become visible? You know what? Actually, I would say, because what I read was, it, it's so interesting that we had because that. There, because there will be this debate on the, on well, the, on the massive interweb. No, we'll have a debate about well, this is, it, all it the was. bits and pieces related to and invisibility. This was, this was the, the most interesting thing, because almost immediately after that, someone asked the sage advice, basically sage advice is run by Jeremy Crawford from Wizards of the Coast, and they said... They ask pretty much that about invisibility, what it means. And so he said very clearly, when you cast invisibility, at the moment you cast a spell, everything that you're holding becomes invisible. Yep. And it's done. That, that is, it's invisible at that point. All that stuff is invisible. If you go and you pick something up and you put it in your pocket or you it's put it under invisible. your clothes, it's still visible. If you get hit by an object, your, object. You, your concentration, you do your concentration check, if you pass it, it's still stuck in you or you're still hurting, but that damage there is visible. Yeah. So we then so then you start looking at the silly bits of it. If I if I'm bleeding, does the blood become visible? And when does it become visible? Does it become visible when it leaves my arm or when it hits the floor? 
See, this is this is it, from my point of view. If an arrow is visibly sticking in you, I would say yes. You see the arrow. If you get caught on fire, yes, they can see that you're on fire. If you bleed, or if you get a gash cut in you, from my point of view, that was part of when you cast an invisibility spell. So, to my point of fact, would be if you're bleeding. There should be nothing on the ground because at least until the yep. spell expires. And this is where I got to the because I'm pretty much aligned with that that scenario. And then I started building sillier solutions. So, okay, I'm going to drop my backpack. Is it invisible? Ooh, that's a tricky one. What if perhaps I had a set of juggling balls and started juggling, so the balls would leave my hand as they flew through well, the air? If you or ca- if I throw a spear, is it invisible? And when does it become visible? And if I miss, and it, it becomes invisible. So and hits the ground. If you care, everything you carry is invisible. It's not until the moment you attack that it becomes invisible. So from my mind, you throw the spear; it's invisible. If it misses or if it hits, the miss or oh, okay. the hit let's at that do, point is when it becomes. Let's not do that. Let's not do the spear because that's an attack. No, let's do another. So I'm part of the plan is we've wiped out three crocodiles, and one of the issues we have is we can't see. So it is my intention to pick up a collection of crocodile's teeth and cast light on them, put them in my pockets or in the pockets of all of the other players so that they now have their own portable light source. If I cast light on a crocodile's tooth, is it visible? No, it goes invisible. And what happens to the light? Well, it just becomes a black hole. But if I throw the invisible tooth that has light cast upon it, does it... Shine in the dark. No, there's no Does way. Does it shine in the dark when it hits the floor? So th- there was the question, one of the questions someone asked was, is invisibility bending light? No. Invisibility is transparency. So yeah. and I can understand because the bending light was, the, the. I guess the point was saying is that if you're bending light, then potentially if I've got a very high perception, oh. I can see. And, and about this, this conversation is not about you defining what the rules are. This is about building series of scenarios because the end game is that the DM will eventually decide what he thinks is reasonable or not. And you can build the silliest scenarios, but eventually someone's got to make a decision. In our case, you made a decision and then went and looked at the information because not having been confronted with someone who does the kind of stupid things that I do, and not, not the least of which is, if my backpack is invisible and I drop it on the ground, how am I ever going to find it again? That, yeah. You have to wait the hour invisi- before you yeah. can find it again. Or if the invisibility... And if I drop my backpack on the ground and it was invisible for an hour, but I take damage and lose concentration, does my backpack remain invisible that I drop 20 metres down the hallway? No, it would become visible. Because your, your invisibility so, is transparency so long as you maintain concentration. So anything that you anything that you are carrying and you drop will be invisible until your concentration disappears and, and or you or you you get damaged or something and and you fail your concentration. So yeah. So anyway, they were the and you know if I've and if I've made something invisible and given it to someone and it's a light source, that kind of thing. To me, it, 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 it's, it's an interesting can of worms, and it and it brings up the the thing, the the issue about you read the book. You see what the rules are, and that's what you expect to, to confront while you play. But then a scenario comes along, and how often have we seen people get confronted with a decision made by a, a DM and go, oh, hang on a minute, I disagree with your decision because yeah. blah, 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 blah. And then you have the giant 
it thought out of the, the interpretation. Well, and, and that's just the thing too, is and we do that often. We try not to, we try to stay in character as best as possible, but sometimes you have this view of the ruling and it's just really hard to let go. Like, yeah, I think we, we, we have developed a, I think we've developed in our game a scenario where you make a ruling and if we don't like it, we get sort of one hit at it. And if our one hit's good enough, or more often than not, if our one hit is funny enough, you will allow it. Yeah, but pretty much, other yeah. than that, and then at that point in time, diplomacy dictates that the ruling is the ruling. And it doesn't necessarily, and it also uh, doesn't set a precedent, which is another interesting thing. Having made a decision. Because I can't remember. <laughs> on, yeah, yeah. I was thinking more about every time, every time one of these situations come up, you make a decision, we throw the argument at you, then you go and do a whole stack of research to find out what the answer is. And then you come back and the next time it occurs, you go, oh yeah, but since then I've looked up this and I've come up with this, 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 this and this. So that's, that's what the ruling will be. Yeah. So it. It's interesting. Well, more often than not, I mean, if it's like, for example, like the, the invisibility one was interesting because in my mind I was thinking you're maintaining concentration so anything that touches you yeah. should become invisible. But no, I do understand and it makes a lot more sense to me that because if you're maintaining, from the point of view of expending energy, from the point of view of concentration, maintaining something. So I've spent this energy and concentration in order to make this stuff invisible. Now, just to maintain that is using like a small percentage of my brain. But to continually make new stuff invisible through that time frame is, I see that is ca causing you to expend more energy. So I'm happy from the point of view of saying, oh, okay. So more often than not. I, I, saw, it as, I saw it as a different, my, my sort of, like anal you, you mean, my, my analysis of it was that invisibility was more like an electrical conductivity thing where if you are touching it, the invisibility flows from you to something, which is why I got to the scenario of if I juggle tennis yeah, balls. Yeah, well, that, that was just that, the, that, then, in theory. Then, then it, you th touch. As, soon as, as soon as I fail, as soon, oh, no, yeah. So the invisibility is cast, and therefore everything I'm touching is... Becomes invisible. ...is conductive, and everything else in the world is, non, is insulated. So the question then becomes, as long as I'm touching it, it's invisible. If I try to start juggling tennis balls, do they become visible? If I drop something, does it become visible? Well, all that kind of stuff. My, my thought was, though, because I was sitting there thinking, okay, so all of a sudden the arrow becomes invisible. To that extent, that would mean then if you did just touch someone, they would then become invisible as well. Ah, oh, no, but um, the starting point is that having cast the spell, the side effects of the spell, if it's a conductivity thing, immediately insulates everything else. So the arrow that hit you is insulated when it hits you, so therefore would be visible. But it, it, it's it's it's... I think I like your scenario, which is whatever you make invisible remains invisible till the concentration's gone. If you drop it, if it falls down, it's still invisible. It's still invisible. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And so the only the only issue now becomes the light thing. It is a if you've got if you cast invisibility on something that's a light source. Light does the light show? Well, light to me, you the way I look at it, light. So light is photons. Photons have no weight. It's the one particle in yeah. physics that has zero weight. So did uh, mention this time he's a physician. Not yeah. a physician. <laughs> He's a physician. A physicist. Physicist. But to me, the way I look at it is when you say it becomes transparent. So yeah. when it becomes transparent, this is not bending light. It has nothing to do with bending light. This is magic. So throw science out the door. So yeah. if you've cast light on a rock and then you cast invisibility on a rock, it doesn't cast any light. Yeah. It's invisible. Yeah. And that's just, it is. So we thought that, that was an entertaining little aside of 
of the invisibility saga. But but I mean, I, I can see what you're saying. You're, you're like, I've got this light source. It becomes invisible. And at this moment, I'm going to throw it. And then it becomes visible so that, you know, yeah, yeah I but, could but, see. But, but, but by, the, by the same token, the, the option there too is that you, if you take your crocodile teeth that are all lit up, cast invisibility, spread them from one end of the place to the other, then you can set a magnificent trap by just suddenly, yeah. I'm no longer invisible and all the lights come on. That's actually, yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, and especially, especially, well, light is, is not so bad, but daylight is more powerful. Yeah. So you do it so that create a brilliant radiance or something. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I see where you're coming from, yeah. but yeah. Anyway, that, I, thought that, I, thought, I thought that was interesting. That, that, but I, I'm and, still, and, I still am of the opinion that if you guys give me a really good description, and more often than not that I'm going to let it go, t- to some extent, like the dagger business, to me, it's a piercing weapon. I just don't see it being yeah. cut unless you specifically say and have in your inventory, my dagger is, is sharp on both sides. Okay, and I agree. It's, you, I, you I, says that in your inventory, I, I, I still, but just I, I, saying that, and you've got the default dagger there with no other thing. Yeah. No, no, that's not going to fly. And if you try to write something at the time because you're a jerk and you're trying to cheat because you want to, you want to win. I yeah. mean, seriously. But certain things like the the two handed fighting for a long time. You know, I was just like, yes, as a bonus action, you can punch someone. You'd only get, you can only do one damage maximum because there's no strength modifier on your punch. And if you're really weak, well, that that modifier does come in, and then you you can't actually give someone one damage with your punch because you're so weak. Mm. But I had a, a long conversation with someone about this, and he's convinced me now that okay, all right, yeah, that does make sense, you know, because you are, even though it's one damage, you're defuncting other abilities from other people. And I I mean, you know, I'm I, I guess I'm still a little bit on the fence on it, but I figured. I might as well go with the 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 the, men, the multitude on it instead, because <laughs> to me one damage like really. But they're like, well, you could be the enemy. It's at that point where he's only got one hit point and he might have one last thing. But and I was like, but story wise, so what? So he dies. He dies. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway. But yeah, that that's that's just it. In, in many cases, you make your ruling on the spot because your interpretation of the yeah. rules or how you view things and. Ideally, that's right. In character-wise, if you want to have one very quick conversation about, I, I disagree, and if I see your point quick enough, I'll go with it. But we won't get into an argument about it yeah. and go off and it's look at rules. Really, and, yeah, because it, it and does... it's the same thing we keep reinforcing. You want to destroy a game, have an argument about rules. Yep, yep. and then just don't let it go and like dog with a bone yep. stuff. Just Because the fact is, is it destroys in-character play. It destroys yep. role-playing. E- even when it's small, and we're getting better. I think we'll get to a point where we just don't need to do it. We just accept that's the DM's ruling, and that's just done. Just, I think we've just I th- done. I would I would argue that we're actually already there. More often than not, when when these things come up, we'll the the argument will be made um, on the basis of what is the silliest argument I can put forward to get what I want, and if for no other reason, just because it's entertaining. Yeah. I mean, and and that's I mean that's the that's the key and especially if you look at it from a point of view of if we stream something, that is the main thing you need. It Rules are great, but you have to entertain because you look at like the critical role and stuff like this, and a lot of people I guess have given Matt Mercer a really really hard time about some of his rulings, but the fact is they're streaming, and when you're streaming, you can't be hardcore rule. There is going to be things like plot armor and stuff. You try to avoid plot armor, but when you are streaming and people 
feel something for those characters. Like, as you look at Critical Role, the amount of people that, that do character art and stuff like this, just killing a player without, like, some really, really, really solid gameplay involved, yeah. uh, you just can't do it. That's right. And, so, and, and that I guess that's another... That's when stories... Another issue is is that at what point do you... The hardest part about being a DM, other than the rules, I think, is that there is a point at which you almost have to bend the rules. Oh, for sure. So the party has to survive, otherwise the whole thing goes out the window. To me, th- that this is where it comes down to your story. Yeah. You throw the rules out when it comes down to the story. I mean, the rules are there as a general guidelines, yeah. but ultimately it's your story. And, I mean, a lot of people can be like, the rules are the rules are the rules are the rules. You need to follow the rules. And if you were a really good DM and you were across all of that, great. But Probably lose more well hard to say i mean some people argue that point i'm just like the story needs to be good and to me like good story is like i enjoyed putting in front of you guys do you try to save princess karima or do you go to the pool of blood i enjoyed putting these things where you've got to make a decision here and it's on the moment decision what will you decide because lives are at stake well we just did that didn't we i mean we just threw a menace to the wolves yes i think he's dead we'll just leave him there yeah i thought that was uh, was he did well yes Stupid, stupid paladin running in there and attacking everybody in sight. Didn't recognise that the people standing behind him were useless. It's okay because we have a we have a plan to get him back. We're basically just a mop and a bucket plan. We go in and we mop him up, gather him up in a bucket, and we'll take him back to a temple and see if they can resurrect him. I have to admit, I did like your guys' little role play after because Oraki said she can't, she won't be available next week. Yeah. So we're going to free Onka, and she's going to basically be our humanoid shield that we all hide behind and Pretty much, yeah. We, pretty much, that's the plan. We got, oh, we got nothing, man. so that's what we're down to. We're yeah. down to the fact that Onka is going to hold the... Well, she was great. I mean, she's a powerful crocodile. Yep. Although, I thought she was a crocodile, and now she's a gnome. But, no, um, no, no. So you can yeah. have... So this, is, this was my misconception as well. Like I remember when I was traveling through South America, and I, I, in, in my mind... I always, for some reason, thought you encounter a parrot, the parrot will speak English. And then when a parrot was yeah. speaking Spanish, I was just like, what? And it was the same thing when I thought vampires and Hang on were a creatures... You're telling me that the, the parrots in South America don't speak English? <laughs> exactly. Gosh, that's racist. Okay. <laughs> I know. I was just so stupid and naive. But it was the same thing. Like when I thought vampires... I'm never going to South America if the and, parrots and don't speak English. They're just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to learn another language just to go overseas? And to be able to speak to a parrot? To, to speak to the parrots? Good Lord, what the hell? Seems wrong. How yep. could they not speak English? Yeah. It was the same thing with vampires and werewolves. I, In my mind at the beginning, I was just like, yeah, half human, half wolf, half whatever, undead. It never crossed my mind that you could have a tabaxi werewolf or a knoll werewolf why wouldn't they why wouldn't you so it, it is it is a humanoid species and it it gets the lycanthropic disease for mm-hmm. sure why not so she is an old crocodile she is an old crocodile or okay. crocodile i didn't know that she, yeah okay i thought yep. earlier on when we first encountered her she was something different no nope, they were knolls they were right knolls. from the beginning yeah okay well same thing with Abdul Haq. Abdul Haq is and a knoll as well. And she's got some ability that lets her heal herself. So our logic is that, yeah, we're good. No, we're, we're crocodiles. We're crocodiles. You, the only thing you can do to, to deal any lycanthropic damage is silver yeah. or magic weapons. Like your witch bolt, perfect success. Yeah. So that, that's the plan. We're going to witch bolt the crocodile coming through the door. That's how it's going to be. She's just going to grapple it and hold it there and 
while she holds it, we'll, we'll hammer the crap out of it. it I, hopefully like it I will said, die. I really enjoyed Akmanis going in there and playing true to being a Conquest Paladin, and he's just like, Divine Smite. And he did some decent damage there. He did. The yeah. divine part of the damage was great. The other part, not so great. But that and your Witch Bolt were the, really the only two things that... He looked really good, though. I mean, that was the thing there. He looked, he looked pretty impressive. Yeah, with yeah. his wings out and stuff like yeah. this. Yeah. I, I did like that, that business of when yeah. you guys were in the five-foot tunnel. I'm going to fly. And I was like, how are you fly? Well, he's, my, my wings don't, size don't, don't matter for Tiefling because clearly you would need to have extremely huge wings in order to fly. So from a physics point, I was like, okay, so your wings are Puff the Magic Dragon size, just a couple yeah, just of... just little tiny ones. Yeah. Just little tiny ones. Because everybody knows that size doesn't count. Okay, so since size doesn't count, he can have wings any size he likes. I do like the fact that his wings keep changing size depending on the situation and depending yeah. on who asks him. So, so I reckon these are like special expandable wings. Well, this is this is like the same thing when we were talking before about the business of the guys who wanted to dig with their shields. It was like, well, is your shield round, square, or in the shape of a spade? So I, I've, <laughs> I've told him, and I've said to him now a few times, you need to put in your character sheet what your wingspan is. Yeah. Because... I still, I still like the idea of he has tiny little wings. I love it. The puff, every, puff the, the dragon puff, wings. Yeah, the puff the magic so He's really wings. embarrassed yeah. when he meets any other tiefling. He yeah. feels <laughs> self-conscious. Not as big as it should be. I, I, should, I, yeah. should, I should put my ruling down because you didn't specify your wings are this big. So yes, you can fly no, in, I'm going in with, a four-foot corridor. I'm going with a, he's a grower, not a shower. That's, that's my logic. <laughs> okay? So therefore, therefore, his wings can be any size he likes depending on, oh, depending on the situation. No. If it's a really exciting situation, his wings yeah, will get bigger. Okay, his demonic blood is that much more stronger. That's so what that's, it is, yeah, so the so wings the, get larger. Yeah. That, that, would be a, that would be a feature, an extra feature. Yeah. He'd have to get past level 8 before I'd allow that. Before you'd allow that. Yeah. So, yeah. so your feat that you choose instead of your ability score increases that your wings can grow or shrink as needed. And if they, if they get bigger, then he can carry us all. No, we won't do that. No, They're just going to let him carry us all with the tiny little... <laughs> the tiny the puff, tiny, the puff the magic dragon wings. Okay, get on my back. Yeah, I can carry you. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Anyway, we're stuck in a room. And so the other part, though, that was another discussion point that we had, this one isn't so much about the rules, but we wanted to talk about it is why is it that in D&D, players do not want to give their names? It's a thing. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. And yeah. it's strange because, like we were talking about, when we go to do a tabletop session, I mean, we wear name tags. This is you walk into so a room at talk. a tabletop session and they get a, a roll of sticky labels out, they write your name on it and stick it on your shirt and go, there you go. And you play with a bunch of people that you've never met before. But they know your name. And they know your name. And if you go to an event that requires you to interact with people, yep. that's how they do it. It, it. I'm going to Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm going to you know, save the whale. I'm going to whatever it is that I want to go to, you know. But the, online my, video my games. My favorite, the and Giant Marbles competition. They always give you. Giant Marbles. Yeah, Giant Marbles. We Giant Marbles. You have this six-foot marble, and the idea is that you roll it to try and knock the other guy's marbles out. It's a very slow game, and six it takes foot. a long time to play. Yeah, normally we just get hot and tired and sweaty and drink beer. That's about how it goes. I can't yeah. even imagine, like, what, are we talking a steel marble or a glass marble? No, it's a rock marble. Jesus, six foot, that thing would be a monster to try to move. That's probably why it's a very slow game. Yeah. Yeah, it goes on. Once forever. it gets going, you crush houses. Yeah, there is a downside to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of the games that we did actually happen, one it rolled one down time, a hill. But it was fun course, as hell. Yeah. 
it was rolling downhill towards a, a bus full of nuns, and, and we just bolted. You know, we don't actually know <laughs> the what game happened was after done. that. Yeah, but we had it. our name tags. <laughs> we had all our name tags were on. Yeah. Seeing people running down the road, tearing off name tags, rolling in the yeah. middle of balls. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I thought I had it made because I took my name tag off and stuck it on the back of someone else. Someone so else. That, yeah, yeah, so I was right. never going to get the blame for that yeah. mistake. But so, his name was also Mick, <laughs> so it was Mick on the front and Mick on the back. Yeah, so the, he was doubly damned. Yeah, doubling down. So that, and, and that's the, an interesting thing is that we, we don't just, and it, I've not found it anywhere else. Online video games and online D&D is yeah. people will use an alias and they have a thing about giving out their names. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, I never thought about it before, but psh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's bloody rare. And like, I remember, you know, asking someone, "So, so, what's your name?" And he's like, "Yeah, I just, I prefer you can just use my Discord name." And I'm, I'm curious to know why that is. It, uh, these people will have Facebook accounts and they'll have Twitter accounts, at which people will see yeah. pictures of what they look like, and they'll post photographs of food well, that they like to eat. I get a kick out of this because, like, again, I got to look at the the West March's business, and you know, when you get to when you're working with the, the administration side of it there's a lot of information that gets shared. Yeah. So for me, like I have got a number of, good Lord, I don't know how many email accounts I have, but I never used any email account that has my name on it. So <laughs> when they look, when they, everything they do, everything they see with regard to me in the West Marches things, it's Dagobah, Dagobah, Dagobah. Reddit, the, the Google calendar, yep. everything is Dagobah. And yet some guys are like, yeah, share it with me. So give me your email. And they give me their, their email, so they're their name. So even though they don't want to tell me on Discord, you've given me your email they'll and now I know email. it. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, I mean, it's exactly right. Everybody's concerned and they know that online hacking and everybody's afraid because it's online. I don't... I, it, I, I it, guess the thing about... I mean, my argument to that is that, seriously, if you think that giving out your name online is going to get you hacked... Then dreaming, what are you doing online? There's, there's a gazillion people out there on the Facebook... And on the Twitter that do this, which is my new term for it now. I yep, the Twitter. Disdain, I call it the Twitter and the Facebook. I'm going to learn how to use the Facebook soon. Um, <laughs> and your stuff is out there. And, I, and the conversation that we have about the incoming fully automated car, which we think is only a few years away, at what point in time do you think that your privacy and your hacking is yeah, going to disappear just, out the window? Because at, the at that the point day, in time, yeah. you get in a car... They know who you are and where you are and where you went and what you did. Yep, yep. So it, it's all, yeah. It, yeah. it's all, it's all out there. And, and the fact is, is you would need to live in one of those black areas where Wi-Fi and 4G and all that stuff, because there's a few of them out there. And I guess, and the other question I ask is, is it just that the perception that if I give you my name in a D and D environment, that you're going to hack me? Must and, be. And because I mean, you, I, I don't know what it is. But why would you bother? I'm. I'm an inconsequential old bloke Maybe. living in Australia. That that you know, I'm not actually hack, not worth hacking. If 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 you had like a really cool Discord name and you wanted to be known because this is a deadly name and it's associated, this is my alias. This is my gaming alias. It yeah. could be that. Maybe it's not I'm, about f- fear of hacking. Maybe it's about this is a much better name than Joe. It could be that. However, I, because I look a, at the large list of, of Joes. I look at the large list of Discord names and go, yeah, okay. So which one of you is has a Discord name that I would turn around? And given the different different types of games that you could play online, so if I'm playing a D and D game and I'm a warrior, yeah, calling myself Arnie Schwarzenegger would be a great idea. That would make perfect sense. But if I play Monopoly online, what do I call myself? Donald Trump. 
<laughs> so that everybody hates you from the instant. Yeah. I roll. I just rolled three doubles in a row. I have to go to jail, but it's okay because my name's Donald Trump. If you were your name in your name in Discord is probably only relevant to the game that you play. And yeah. if I'm going to play D and D, and I'm going to play, if I'm going to play D and D, and I'm going to play Monopoly, which name am I going to choose? Yeah, and that's why I try to be like. For me, Stacy is very often considered a female name. So not in Australia, that, it's not. No, well, uh, probably right. But the thing is, so yeah, I, and, I like and and in South America, if you were a parrot, that'd probably be something completely different. Well, it would be Anastasia. There you go. You see. Yeah. yeah. If you're in Germany, it'd be Ustis. But the thing is, is I like Dagobah. Dagobah. It's got the Star Wars tie to it. It just to me, it's and it was where Yoda lived. It just. It has, That's fine. but his real name is Stacy. So if you're going to refer to him and write things about him, you just call him Stacy. He has a Dagobah. name. I am, I am the GM Dagobah. Yeah, okay. And and when we stream, well, well, I guess the thing about this is that you and I don't care that we have names and mm-hmm. we have real names and we have the other games that we use. We we actually don't care. A lot of people actually will only use their real name. They will keep themselves. Their Christian name they will keep to themselves. Yeah, which is just bizarre. You won't even tell me your first name. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, and it is what it is, right? It's misguided because you are right. The fact is, is if you want to do something fun that is online because there's not enough people that share your hobby in the country you mm-hmm. live and in the online world, you can and you can find a community that embraces you, but you're still afraid of being hacked. I, I, I think, I, I, I think I you've got to give up. If that's the reason, you've got to give it up. Yeah, but, I, think it's, I think it's a bit strange. But it's this point that I will drag out a statistic that was on on TV the other night, and they were talking about Uber and delivering food. And I'm not sure this statistic's very valid. The statistic is that one in four people that live in Australia live alone. And what, that... Like and single? Live in a house on their own. Jesus. Okay. Yeah, I one find that four. hard to believe. I find that hard to believe. But let's assume that one in four people over the age of, say, 25 20? live yeah. on their own, yeah. which, yeah, that's got some form of credibility. Yeah. The comment that was made was that they do this, and in the old days, when uh, you and I were small children yeah. and fire was invented, we, <laughs> our friends consisted of the people that we played with in the street. Nowadays, these people have a much bigger collection of friends, and they deal with them all online. Yeah. And the interesting thing about that is that while they have 10 times more friends than we ever had, they're all online, and they do know all of their names. So... In their private lives, a whole bunch of strangers that don't live next door, but they've met online, they exchange their names, addresses, and say, if you're ever in Australia, you can stay at my place. And yeah. yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because it's true, and you don't even know and your neighbors anymore. That's it's right. And, and they don't actually get together to do stuff. They just do it online. Yeah, yeah. So, And it, the strange thing is to me, though, is that for myself, I have fun online, for sure, but... I still need to connect with a real person because I don't get it from being there. I have fun. I do have fun. I find that the connection of being like at the tabletop thing every second Sunday, that there's connections there. I'm, yeah. I, I might not know them. I might not meet with them for having a hot dog or something, but there is just that, that physical, there's something about that, that connection of just mm. being and talking with people. There's something I think, that... I, yeah, I, I just bring this up in terms of the fact that people don't exchange names when they're playing yeah, the, the yeah. online. Yeah, it is. It, 
it is strange. Just strange. It is what it is. We, I mean, you just got to yep. accept it as w- the way it is. and um, We just have to suck it up and just live with it. Yeah. yeah. And to those on the internet, I am the GM Dagobah. Yeah. And if you can't find him, look up Crimson Nib. He's bound to get there yeah, somewhere. Crimson Nib. But you know what? The, the, that's the thing too. Like I, I have to wonder when we do start to do a streaming thing. Like I'm, I'm continuing my philosophy of using Star Wars planet names, and I have to wonder that if if the streaming gets successful, because the streaming right there, visible on the screen, if people watch it, they're going to see that I'm going to be called Coruscant, and I wonder if that's going to be a problem. Only because I can't spell it, but other than that... Yeah, I fine. mean, I don't think it's going to... I can just imagine, hey, Star Wars, you all, you can't be using our names like that. you got to pay us a royalty. Mm, who knows? Yeah. Well, if we ever get to the stage where they're doing that, we'll we'll probably turn then around Then I'll say, change my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll pick something different. I'll be Tarzan from yeah, now you'll, on. You'll be like, uh, wasn't your name Coruscant? Oh, well, same character. But By the way, have you, have you figured I, out a voice for your guy? My guy? Your gnome? Yeah, I have. I've decided that rather than have a single voice, yeah. he's going to have different voices. He just changes each. I have decided that, yeah, I find it so hard to to maintain a voice. Yeah. And so I've co- I'm starting to collect together the one-liners. That will like be. Crocodile Dundee, you know, that's not a knife, this is a knife. <laughs> um, in in Red October. You should be at, uh, what do you call it, um, what is that, that race that all they do is they just mimic things. So they, they yeah. can't. Create words themselves, and if they've heard it, they like can the repeat it. Type thing. No, there's the bird race. What are they uh, called? I don't know. Anyway, I yeah. am gathering. It's all about me. I am gathering together my my things, like the Sean Connery line about um, when he sends Alec Baldwin up the front in Red October and says, "You know, be careful. Some of those things don't take kindly to bullets." And and there are lines where they have the the accent, you know, like so heavily Irish, Scottish. Get... Uh, I, I went looking for a, a really good Arnie Schwarzenegger one the other day, and I couldn't. I, I well, coming back to you, I come back to the Australian treasurer who comes from the same country, and he has a he has a wibbly wobbly well, girly man line, and I think yeah, you know, that's this, really good. The session I was just in the other night, like I, my character's name is Tatooine, and he's got a Spanish accent, and I don't know why, but some it sometimes you just got to start speaking in it, and then it'll just go. That's how it works. That's and what I'm for on. me, they're like, "What's what's where's Tatooine?" I was like, "You keep speaking as a Got as an American," that. and I was just like, "I'm I'm." You need it's the, there. It's there. See for him, it's the guy out of the James Bond movies, the Sean Connery. No, no, the little guy, the the, the short guy in the short and Connery movies. You know, he went the plane, the plane. Is that the Sean Connery? Yeah, it was. It was a. I remember there was the little fella that was the Asian fella. I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember either. Anyway, there's this little guy, and he had a, 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 a Spanish accent. Yeah. And it was in one of the James Bond But I, I enjoy it. And lot. so it, it becomes a case of you find the one. And so my plan is to find one of the lines of each of the accents, and depending on which one it is, at the start of the game, you play it. <laughs> you have it queued up, and every time you lose the accent, you just play it again. And the other thing is that just roll from one to the other. You know, yes, I'm Indian now, but I'll be Scottish later on. Well, that's <laughs> why I enjoyed show. when we were in that other one shot, and you were just... You started out I with started Sean really Connery, well. and then you were you had an Indian accent, and then you had Arnold Schwarzenegger accent. I, I thought I started out as Arnold Schwarzenegger really well, and just lost it. And then but, lost yeah, it. But then you yeah. told me, no, your Arnold Schwarzenegger was incredibly Indian, and you only kicked in later on. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's a challenge to remember, and we talked about that before too. Is that developing the accent, and then sticking with it, but also 
remembering it for the next week, or maybe you guys don't encounter that NPC again for three weeks or a month, and then it's like, oh god, I didn't write down. I really need to index these accents and then freaking just practice, practice, practice. I think there's a difference between being a player and running a game. If you, if you're being a player, then you, you, it's you, just you, the one you, you have the right to yeah. yeah yeah it's either the one accent or you have the right to do whatever you like as you go along and if you lose your accent during the game then that's just funny if you're the dm there's sort of a, an you know we expect you to be better than us and you have to rise to the occasion and if you give someone an accent we expect you to stick with that accent yeah. and stay there well there was you so. remember that one player that we had in the first campaign it was so so tough because he would he would role play he would use his same voice but it was really, really, really difficult to distinguish between when he was in character saying those things and when he wasn't. And so a lot of times when he was in character saying those things using his voice, I don't know if it was the intonation of his voice or whatnot, but the way he did that in character, it seemed very offensive. And yet you're like, oh God, was that you trying to be offensive in character or, or, <laughs> or not? You're just you being just, offensive out of character. You, you just, yeah. It was so, so difficult to distinguish in character out of character. Like, I look at Elbrum. I don't know. Elbrum, he uses his real voice, but it's very, very clear because almost everything he does is in character. Yeah, I think he changes the way that he says things when he goes out of character. So yeah. he would say, in out of character, he'd say, I saw a bird on the fence. And in character, he'd say, A bird I saw on the fence. Yeah. The, the, he, the, the structure of his sentences, he changes. And yeah, Iraqi I mean, does. He, and Iraqi just rolls in. Yeah, a, she just rolls just in and rolls in. Totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She does a good job. And they're very often as well, they'll also say something like Mr. GM. And it's yeah, very true. clear it's yeah. out of character now. Yeah. And they always do that, that's, Mr. That's GM. Actually, that's, actually, that's really that, polite. That's, that's really a good way of doing it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, out of character or Mr. GM. Yeah, I like I like it. The, yeah, the, that GM little bit of respect just... it makes you feel like yes, Mr. GM, that's me. It's, it's it's just the shortest possible way of saying I'm now going to say this out of character. They just go, no, I'll just shorten that to Mr. GM. <laughs> anyway, it's 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 good. Those those two guys and yeah. Menes is coming along really really well too. Well, he does it as well. Yeah, he does. He he sticks to a very harsh intonation he's, of he's, his Tiefling yeah. character, and that's not his real voice and. He when he first came in, he came in in character as his, and I thought that was his real voice until he dropped out of it, and I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. all right, good for uh, you." He, was, he came in, yeah. He came with all all guns blazing. Well, he, and the thing is too is we had that conversation a couple of weeks ago where I put in the message of the day. So when you start a fantasy grounds, the little story pop up shows up, and we had had that conversation about when a paladin is breaking their oaths. What yeah. does that mean? So you know, I wanted to mention it to to them because I. I know that me staying on top of stuff is really hard. I just, my brain just doesn't work that way. I, it's, it, I forget shit. So I said to the guys, well, how should we do this? Because I'm not trying to give you guys a hard thing, but paladins by their nature should be difficult characters to play just because you're supposed to stick to your oaths. If you don't stick to your oaths, you start losing your power. And I would love from a role-playing point of view to be able to say, yeah, your lay on hands doesn't work the way you expected it to because you've really gone off of your oaths or your tenants or whatever you call them. But I'm not across them. I'm not across what those are. And so there was a couple of cases we had Kaylin who was like, I'm going to lie to Harbor Master Bonita. And I was like, well, can you? Because <laughs> I, I don't know. And so I put it out there. And so after that, I think then Akmenis 
because he's a conquest paladin, was just very much, and this is why I thought when, I was like, while we're in the session, I was just like, what the hell are you doing, dude? What are you doing? And then I was just like, oh God, yes, he's yeah. a conquest paladin. He would yeah. absolutely go in there, and guns there was, blazing. There was, there was a point earlier on, a few weeks ago, where he apologized, just after he joined, where he apologized and says, I, I'm just doing this in character and I hope it's okay and I don't really mean to be a prick, you know, that's... Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It's okay. I, I mean, sometimes you got to do that sometimes. And now I think that what's happened is, is he's just gone, okay, yeah, well, he's been given... The freedom. The yeah. freedom to do that and to stay in character and and it's our job, the other people around him, to sort of recognise... That he okay, is in character. he's in character and that means that our job is going to be to keep up with him because yeah. he's going to kill shit. Well, and, and what I find too is that it's really cool when people are staying in character because like now Oraki's been saying, you know what, you remember I, I had these basic statements about who I was. I realize now that I'm not because one of the things I said in my backstory is that I would give up anything to help someone else. So that bit where Kalen was saying he was strapped for cash, I probably would have given him a lot more gold just because he said that. Yeah. And I was like, so the staying in character and trying to stay authentic to your backstory or who you are. Like I just, Ekmenis was saying something and Oraki and Elbrum were like, that's just how Calidus is. He's very pessimistic. <laughs> You'll just <laughs> learn that. Uh, it's like, yeah. oh. and so that's just, we're going to die. You, staying in character. And, yeah. and it just fosters the other people to be, want to be more in character as well. So I think that that's just great when people are, how one person can, can start, making yeah. the other people want to be more like that and then all of a sudden it's so immersive and i yeah. think there's a beauty behind that immersion especially from the story point of view because when you come down to those decisions do we because i to be honest i never expected you guys to go to the pool of blood i really thought that elbrum was really feeling something for the princess cream and he there's no way in hell he was going to go for the good of the many when this girl that he had a thing for was potentially i think we've i think we've gone beyond that i think that that we've we've become people of our word you know, we're a bit sort of like semi paladins you know we say we're going to do it well we're going to do it yeah and well uh, and and i guess and i guess that that kicks into if 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 we had if you had six people and three yeah. of them were paladins yeah and and you know their word is their bond and they that's how they behave yep yeah. It would be very difficult for the other three that aren't paladins to actually do anything that they that you know, you'd well, have an immediate party except because you couldn't persuade them to do something except, that would be against their except the the tenets of different paladins are one tenant will lead them this way and another tenant will lead them in this way so you've got the oath yeah. of the agents and oath the conquest yeah. one so they're I'm they're assuming, not diametrically in, in, opposed in my but, in my example I'm I'm, I'm yeah. going with the. If you have a, a a party that is biased towards paladins, and assuming they're all the same, all that same they will oof. all go in the same direction, yeah. and there is not a lot that you're going to do. Well, there are there are anti paladins too, right? Yeah. So th that's yeah. just the thing. And there's another one, uh, the oath of vengeance or something like this. So, yeah, yeah I mean, if they are all the same oath, then sure. Um, I, I, but I suspect, here, that, I, I suspect that while we make may make decisions on where we're going to go. And what mm. what contracts we will accept and what we will do. Yep. Our paladin, once we start to go down the path of that, will now tend to be out front a lot more. Yeah. Well, I think that's very clear with the menace. 
Yeah. Because I, I, like I said, I was sitting there thinking, why is he running? And then I was just like, okay, that's what well, he's doing. He, I don't think he ran. He, he well, he was he, out front. He was, he was, he he was, was out front, front opening doors. It was, it was yeah. There was no slowing down and testing. No, there was no stealthing yeah, or anything like this. No. But oh, it, uh, well, the other part that I really enjoyed too was I had Nazem was going around to flank you guys, and he was going down the hallway, and there was Oraki's backpack. And I was just like, well, what would he do if he encountered one of the players' backpacks? Well, he'd probably pick it up and head back and say, hey, guys, I got one of their backpacks. And so when Akmenis came through, I had, he had dropped there was something in the Oraki's room. backpack in the <laughs> yeah. center of the room because yeah. they heard you guys coming through. So, so he, he went and got himself yeah. set up for when you guys came Have through. Have never seen before? You guys bumped into him in the session previously, but you haven't bumped into Did him we, through it. In the previous session? No, no, he's new. The only people of Abdul Haqs that you had met previously was Richard, who you seen was dead inside right. Abdul Haqs yeah. house, Richard and Onka. And Onka was going to stay imp. in the imp that you killed. Did we kill the imp? Yeah, you killed him because you, <laughs> Sweet Hasna, you guys convinced Sweet Hasna to try to leave Abdul Haq. Yeah. And so she was, you hit her in a coffin so that the imp wouldn't find her. But then, mm -hmm. as you're going along, you guys spotted the imp, and you managed to take care of it before she got released. And then, of course, she she ended up dying because the mummies found her. As, but, as part of my plan, as well, while we're talking about things like that, we've been killing and the Abdul Hack, Abdul Huck. I've been trying to figure out how we overthrow him now because there's never going to be a, a chance like this is the one where you get Onka to displace him as the head of the dogs. Well, here's here's the thing. From, I we know need, you guys are we, sitting there we saying... Need, we need, it, assuming we survive, and assuming that he either dies or... I was actually working on... Um, my theory is that he doesn't die, he just escapes. But she now is in a, a position where she can run a really good argument. The fact that he's been defeated by the Grey Company, to which she has a, uh, uh, an association, and surely it's better to have the association... And therefore, you should execute him and take me as well, your leader. Well, you guys had discussed this before about setting up Onka and yeah. how, how would you go about it. To me, yes, this is a difficult battle. But you guys, like you said, we've said before, you've not sat and talked tactics with your fellow com we did, companions. At the end of the last session, it's the first time we've ever done it. Yeah, and I mean, th this is the point. Yes, this would be a hard, a hard thing. But if you guys walk in there without saying how are we going to best work together, yeah, 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 it's very. You could be in a TPK scenario for sure. Yeah, because I'm not going to try to dial down. Like I was specifically thinking about how this would be a good battle for you guys, and I was sitting there also thinking of, well, who is Abdul Haq? What would he have? What makes sense? What's going on with him? what's happened with him. So you know that the, the mummies had been visiting his house. Mm. And you guys also know that, well, you did send a dead body full of calling cats to his house to mm. basically bring the mummies there. So there's something, clearly there's a cause and effect here. So what does that mean? So I've been thinking about it. So I have a plan for it. You guys got to figure it out and, and whatnot. But ultimately... None of that makes any sense to me. So I'm certainly not going to figure that one out. Mm. Yeah. What do you mean none of it makes any sense? You guys are the guys who sent the body. We sent the body and we sent the calling cats, but there's no relationship between the, the mummies and Abdul Haq. What the do the mummies want? House. They want the, the eye and, the, and the, the statuette. Yeah. For all, for all you know, they still have the statuette. No, no, we know where that is. Yeah. Because that's with Utah. Uh, it's in the Growling Sanctuary. That's where they live. 
Oh, sorry. Yes, the eye is with the yeah. The eye yeah, is the eye. The eye the is, is now with Hesner was, or someone. It, it was you. You Anna. you carried it. You gave it to Princess Karima, and then Princess Karima and Lieutenant Mehmet have hidden it. And, and you, we know where it is. And now you I've know forgotten. because Lieutenant I'll have to Mehmet. Look at my notes. Yeah, Lieutenant Mehmet told you where. Yeah. Because he was concerned about yeah. dying. So they want that. So he told you where where it where it was hidden. Yeah. And we want the other bit. Which right. Is in the Growling Sanctuary. So, but. For the entire point in time, the the, mu- yeah. the 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 mummies have been trying to get it back. Yeah. And anyway, we, we we have to figure out what we're going to do about Abdul. I think Abdul's going to die. I'm not quite sure how. But I, I mean, I like, did I, notice there were manholes in the sewer. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean, I I, had, I, I figured we I should just really open a thought, manhole and the other guys can come in. Well, Odvik is still on vacation. Is he? Kalen, uh, he is. Yeah, he's here. In, he's in Australia on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know where. But he went to Australia for vacation, and Kalen is he moved, and so he's freaking internet getting internet hooked up issues. That will take forever. So Good last week that. he moved last week, and that didn't get fixed, and it's still not fixed this week. So he missed this week, and he said next week he's got to finish a editorial piece, so he's going to miss next week as well. So that sucks. Three weeks we missed Kalen. That's all right. I've been to, if you move. If you move, you lose your internet. That's just how it goes. You lose your internet, yeah, and I mean, at a, least for a month. You're, you're letting people know. And I mean, everybody's been pretty good at letting letting yeah. us know that this is what's going on. So I, I don't think we've lost any players. Just the life has made them not available, so it makes it that much more. I difficult. I just have to check my unavailability date. What do you mean? I got an unavailability date. Oh. Anyway, we could probably wrap it up there. Uh, we it's, could. It's a good conversation. We covered we covered what happened in the scenarios and we talked about a couple of rules that we want to talk about and the the pregnant pause about telling your name. So until next week everybody, catch you later. Hello good people of the interwebs. This episode is now done, dusted and finished. I do hope you enjoyed it, and I'll be back in just one week.